What's up, everybody? We are back after three weeks off. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David. And for this very special Screamified edition, I am joined with two of the biggest Screamheads I know, making his return after our podcast about the Oscars. Mr. Tom, how are you today? Good. It's going to be a scream, baby. Yes. And what what is a horror episode without Meg? The geek. Hello, Meg. How are you today? Good. I was gonna say it's a scream, baby, but Tom stole my. Oh shit! Damn. And they and Tom did not plan it. He did not plan to thief her uh, her line. But yeah, as you can see, we are going to cover the 25th anniversary of one of the most iconic horror films of all time, Scream, and the entire franchise. We're going to break down a little bit of each of the films and discuss some of the legacy that the franchise has had, the good, the bad, and we're going to talk about Scream 5 a little bit in terms of what we expect, which of the main three are going to die, or all all three going to die. If any of them are going to die. I think one is definitely going to die. I have theories, too. Although maybe the trailer just is just trying to make us think something, but the trailer kind of confirms who's going to die of the three. Um, I don't know, and we'll talk about it in a bit. But before that, let's get into some of the news of the week. This will be very quick because I want to spend a lot of time on screen. Um, Tom and I talked about this off the line, and Meg, I'm going to get your little input on this in case you have seen any of these movies. So, um, Tom and the last time Tom was on, we talked Oscar predictions, and I do Oscar predictions on the site every single category from September all the way to Oscar nomination morning. I'm not going to run through everything, obviously. I'm just going to run through Best Picture, and I want to get your thoughts, which coincides with the next topic. So, Tom and Meg, my number one is Belfast. Um, Tom, you would agree, right? That is my number one at the moment, too. I um, After seeing the second trailer of West Side Story, I think maybe sort of it could potentially do it. We'll see. I don't know. It would be a, I, a, a record breaker for sure. Um, I've had thoughts. That, but. I've had thoughts since I saw the second trailer, discussed it with Jen, who that's her favorite musical. She still doesn't want to see it. So I am going to be um, watching this on my own and letting her know. How, wow. Yeah. Jen. She's holding, she's mind. also holding firm on another film in my, in my 10, which we will discuss. Um, Jen, um, Meg comments. Um, I think I know what the other film is because Jen and I have talked off the line about some things. Yes. Um, but as far as Belfast, that looks amazing. Yes, I am so excited to see it. Um, West Side Story, no desire to see it. Some wow. things you just don't mess with the original. Okay, okay. Belfast to me gives me, um, it feels like Brooklyn meets Life is Beautiful. I and love both Brooklyn. Of those, both of those films okay. are in my top ten, so that's why I'm feeling, I'm really feeling Belfast. Number two, and I have a very, it's been a while since we've got one of these films in it. I think it may be since Rocky, so I have King Richard at number two. Um, yes, I know, right? Tom, I know, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Hear me out. Will Smith is winning actor. 
I think Will Smith is very much winning actor. I also think that I don't want to butcher her name, but I also think that Anjane Ellis is getting in for supporting actress. I also think the movie could get some under uh, below the line nominations, and it's just a feel good movie. I I think this year after last year, listen, I love most of the nominations, but there were a lot of depressing movies last year <laughs> in the ten. So I think this year they may go into a different in a different barometer. Um, for anyone that's not aware, King Richard is the story of uh, Richard Williams, the father of Serena and Venus Williams. I'm seeing it on Thursday. So I will. Oh, let, wow. Yeah. So I see it on Thursday. I'll let you know what I think. And um, it's also two and a half hours. I did not know it was two and a half hours. Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. So I'll be watching that one on HBO. Yes. Now, yes. Yes. I, <laughs> I actually it's funny because I got the email from the publicist from Warner Brothers. They're like, do you want to take a guess? And I asked I asked Jen and I'm like, do you want to come with me? And as soon as I told her it was two and a half hours, she's like, I'll watch she's it on like, HBO Max. Out. I'm good. <laughs> um, Can you really blame her, though? Let's be real. Yeah. Um. Number three, I have Dune. Um, Dune's going to be the nomination leader in the mor- uh, that morning. It's uh, I have it on 11 nominations. It's going to win score. It's going to win cinematography. It's going to win uh, sound. It may win costumes. It could win makeup. It may win editing. I think this movie is going to be the Mad Max Fury Road of 2021, where it okay, wins that's fair. all the below the lines. And I think I would I have Denis winning director because it is the out of every movie I've seen it is the directorial achievement of the year. It is some of the best. It is the definition of a theater movie. Like I saw it at New York Film Festival at a smaller theater, and it was amazing. I saw it in the biggest IMAX screen in the country yesterday, and it I felt like the worm was eating me. It is such an incredible, incredible film, and. The complaints that I've seen online, I feel, are bogus because most of the negative reviews are more, it feels incomplete. I guess people forget that Lord of the Rings happened and Fellowship of the Ring and Two Towers exist. And those movies are incredible and they also are incomplete. I love that trilogy. I can't wait for Dune uh, to get all these nominations. I think it could win Best Picture. And that's why it's my number three. Uh, any thoughts, Tom? I know you haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be a snob and 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 make any uh, assumptions without having seen it. Meg, any comments? Um, I can see it winning, uh, like best costuming and like edit, like definitely score, but nothing higher up really. I don't think. Uh, d- director, I really do think it could win director. If when you see it, you'll understand what I'm talking about. I'm not gonna be seeing. It. Yeah, so. <laughs> Uh, I, I I hate Timmy. <laughs> oh, you hate oh. one of the you hate one of the best actors in Hollywood. <laughs> oh, I love yep. Timmy. What I I can I have no problem separating the actor from the character, but with him, I just want to punch him. Oh man! Even I, in Call Me by Your Name, I won't see it. Oh, oh my God, okay. Timothy! I, Sh- I love I love Timmy I Chalamet. Know. Uh, I know. Number four is Power of the Dog. Uh, Jane Campion's uh, up, upcoming film. I saw it back at TIFF. Uh, Tom, you're gonna love it. Meg, you're probably not gonna like it. It's very probably not. Yeah. And I and and can I just say, Dave, that I said to you, I I posed the question, any potential for Kirsten Dunst to get a nomination? And like, I said no, no. no. I and said now no. she's in your yep. She <laughs> on your list. It's such a weak lineup for supporting actress, and I also I think that movie's gonna bring a lot of people with it. Like I think. But wait, is it weaker than Mary J. Blige's turn for best supporting actress? No, Kirsten's better. Kirsten's much okay. better. Wait, 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 wait. Kirsten and Mary J. Blige? 
No, 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 no. I'm just comparing how like Mary okay. J. Blige. A lot of people are like, "Why was she nominated?" And so I'm asking, okay. Jay, yeah, is it the it, same thing with Kirsten, it's, or is... it's it's very much one of those. Um, you're she's good, but she, when she's the purest definition of supporting, and I think for me, I'm blinded by the fact that supporting wins the last few years have been very much a big performance, not a minimalistic performance like it used to be. So that's kind of why I'm like, all right, Kirsten's very good, but I don't think she's, I don't think she was going to get in, but I, I I feel confident now that I was wrong on that. And I think she's going to get in. Uh, number five, I have Spencer. Um, Spencer's getting a cinematography nomination. It's getting screenplay. It's getting score. It's going to win. I, I don't want to say it's gonna, but it feels like we're heading toward the sweeper. With Chris, Kristen Stewart winning actress, I, yeah, I agree. The only, the only one that I thought could beat her from everything I've seen this year, it's probably not going to get a nomination. That's Jodie Comer for uh, the last duel. She is. Oh, you don't think Jodie's going to get in? I think she's going to get in. I don't think she's going to okay. win though. If the okay. movie had more strength in terms of like screenplay, picture, costumes, production design, I think it, she could probably win. But I don't. I think this may be one of those. There's no one else, and Kristen's undeniable in it that we may get uh, one of those. But I say this because I love Jackie, but the Academy didn't really go for Jackie, and this movie very much is a harder watch than Jackie, from what I've read. And I see it tomorrow, so I'll I'll let you guys know. Oh, that's so exciting! Yeah, and then West Side Story, I have six because of Steven Spielberg and. Steven Spielberg gets nominations all the time. The movie looks really, really good. I'm with you, Tom. Like, I love the original, but I mean, let's not. I, Jenny's not here to defend herself, but I'm going. She can defend herself off the line. Let's not pretend like West Side Story from the '50s was not made by white guys. Let's not pretend yep. that West Side Story yep. from the '50s did not have a lead pretending to be a Latina. This is right. an authentic cast. I don't like who's playing. Uh, uh, what's his name? Tony. I don't. I don't like Ansel Edgar very much, but let's not pretend that you know the the 1950s one is not like the whitest thing outside of Rita Moreno. So, uh, Jenny decided to walk in on us right now in a bra and decide to uh, yell at me. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, West Side Story. I have in number six, and to round it out, I have Licorice Pizza number seven, Nightmare Alley number eight, Don't Look Up at number nine, and what will lead us to my next uh, topic is Being the Ricardos at ten. Um, is that the movie you're talking about, Meg? Yep. All right, so that leads us into the next topic, which is the trailer. Um, Tom is very aware that Lucy, I Love Lucy, is Jenny and I's favorite show. That's kind of what we bonded when we first started dating. Ironically, seven years ago today was our first date. Um, as a movie, as an Aaron Sorkin film, the movie looks good. Do you agree, Tom, on that aspect of it? I do, yes. But it was very frustrating that they didn't show more of Nicole in the trailer. Yes. And I want to know why. I do. I, I think I have a very strong understanding of why. I don't particularly think it's because she may look a certain way. I think it's no matter what she looks like, people are not going to like it, and they rather avoid the social media outburst until the movie actually comes out. That's my well, yeah, because that's free PR for it. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's I think it's going to be one of those that you know. Let's not. People are already pissed off anyway. We're not going to change their perspective. I mean, Jenny and I have talked about this movie for five years since when Kate Blanchett was first cast. I I have a the movie looks good. I think it's going to be. Do you? Uh, I don't know if you've seen this, Meg. Tom, you've seen Jobs, right? Yep, loved it. 
I think that's what this movie is going to be. We're going to have the table read, and in between those table reads, we're going to go back in time. We make flash forward. That's kind of what I think we're getting. People are probably not going to like it. I'm very excited for it. I think I've, I have spoken to someone that already saw it, and they said Nicole is incredible. Javier is incredible. That's what I've heard. Even even Desi and Lucy's daughter says that Nicole is astounding. Yeah. So I – yes, she doesn't look like Lucy. No one does. No one does. And I, I – yes, Deborah Messing. Mm, Deborah Messing. Let, let me – Deborah Messing did a great mm. job, but that is television. That mm. is television. Just because – and just because someone looks like someone – doesn't necessarily mean that look at the this is a very different comparison i see jenny walking in with her bra off but it's on. do you remember do, tom do you remember the I movie all eyes on me yeah that guy looks oh, exactly like tupac but the movie was one of the worst movies i have ever seen just that be- was a horrible movie yes so Wait, can I say my piece now? Go for it. You yes. two are going for it. Okay, so actually Jenny and I, and Jenny will help me on this because we've talked off the line about this. So the trailer looks phenomenal. I will say that. I hate the casting. Yes. I still think it should have been Deborah Messing because, yes, it was for television, but she has proven herself for drama. Look at Searching, for example. Prime example of it. She can hit those tough roles. And Jenny and I both agree it should have been Danny Pino for Ricky. And I'm just, I'm trying to look past the casting. I'm going to mm. see it, Thank but you. I'm just very pissed off about the casting. I can agree with you, Meg. I, so I'm a huge Nicole Kidman fan. I think that next to Meryl Streep, she's probably one of the greatest that we have right now. Um, personally, I wanted Michelle Williams to do it. But mm, when Michelle I like, Williams did, I like when, that. I didn't think about that. That's a good. Oh one. yeah, oh, I've been that's good. I want, I want Michelle. I wanted Michelle Williams to do, it. but she played what's her face, Gwen Mar- um, Marilyn Monroe too. She played yes. Marilyn, and then she played um, Fosse Verdon, Gwen Verdon, and Gwen Verdon, yeah, had hair and had to wear a wig that was similar to Lucy. So uh, maybe a lot of people would have said, "Well, she already did this," um, but I think Michelle could have done it just can, because of how she did Marilyn. Can I ask your? It's funny because. What pissed me off about the trailer, and could Javier at least have tried to sound like Ricky or Desi? I know it's not that hard. Like a little bit of effort. That's all. Just a tiny bit of effort. Um, I'm not. It annoyed me. Uh, uh, Nicole's opening monologue in the trailer because Lucy's Lucille Ball is not really like never came off in any interview or stuff I've read as like an arrogant person. So it was very. But I want to see it in the movie before I judge it. It could be completely taken out of context. Uh, it's very well written. That like, it's and delivered very well. The monologue is very well written. But I just want to see it in context. So, uh, the poster also looks good. I don't know if you guys got a chance to look at the poster. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Yep. It's it looks really great. All right, cool. So I'm glad we we're looking forward to it. Cautiously optimistic. That's kind of where where I'm at there. All right, cool. Uh, number. Th- Three on the agenda for here. This is more for uh, Meg and me. Uh, Marvel's The Eternals first reactions have I arrived. Have, oh my god, are you so excited for this? Um, this Tom, are you actually curious because of who's directing? Uh, because of who's directing, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Richard Madden's character is openly gay, right? Yes. Yeah. So. And yeah. I think not just um, – no, I, I don't think it's Richard Madden. I think – It's not. No, is it's it Brian Tyree uh, no, Henry? It's by, Brian Tyree Henry. Yeah. Okay, yes, hence yes. the Ikea. Okay, that makes because sense. Because he's with Gemma Chan. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, I will say 
from I haven't spoken to anyone that see it. I think I'm seeing it in a few days also. Um I have read that it is very much the most unmarvel like film ever, and that's what I expect from Chloe Zhao. Like it is very much so here for it. it is a character driven film. It is yes, we do get the pomp and circumstance of a Marvel film at the end, but it is very much like I'm spending time with Meg, I'm spending time with Tom, we're getting to know each other, and we're gonna you know, we're gonna explain why we weren't around through all the events that have occurred during the MCU. So I'm very excited for that. And then yes, Meg, any thoughts? No, I, I just I don't know what I'm more excited for. The fact that it is it is the most unmarvel like Marvel movie mm-hmm. or a cast this stack. Yes. It's yes. all people you never would have thought you would ever see in a Marvel movie all coming together. Like who would have thought Angelina Jolie would be right. part of the MCU? Shit. Never. Not even her, Salma Hayek. Like ne- I would have never said that. Oh, never yeah. said that. Um so yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be out in I think two and a half weeks. Something along November those lines. 5th. Yeah, November fifth. So and then the last thing I uh wanted to touch on before we get into some of the stuff we watch this week is DC fandom. Um I only asked one thing of you guys and um I wanna just talk about the Batman trailer real quick. And I, the reason I wanted to talk about it was because we have three different perspectives on here, which is awesome. I am the biggest Batman fan in like in my life. Like I don't know anyone else in my personal life that loves Batman as much as I do. Um I love Robert Pattinson as an actor. I think he's one, probably Tom top five right now. Oh wow! I don't At, know about top that. ten. Definitely top, top ten. 10 yeah. All okay, right. Okay, so I think per, like like uh, skill wise, I think he's top ten. And then Matt Reeves is an incredible director. Let Me In, which is one of the best horror remakes that we've ever seen, plus the Planet of the Apes trilogy. So for someone that doesn't like which comic book movies traditionally tom did you get a chance to see the trailer i did so i generally don't gravitate toward comic book movies you are correct but i've always there's always been a special place in my heart for batman mm-hmm. um so yeah no i'm excited i'm definitely excited i i like the dark feel mm-hmm. uh yeah i just think i think it looks different and i'm here for it and i i'm i think robert is up to the challenge he looks great like it's funny, I, I'm such a Batman stan. I look at Jaws on a cow, and his jaw looks very good, like, in the back cow. Um, yes, and I did want to add that I love the end of the trailer with the Michael Giacchino score, and then him walking upside down like a bat, like, hanging like a bat upside down. Thought that was great. Now the real challenge here, Meg, <laughs> you hate Robert Pattinson. I don't understand. I don't know why. But Hate is a strong word. Loathe. I loathe. He is a great actor. I'm not going to deny that. I am just not a fan of his work. Like Timothy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I, the thing is, I don't want to punch uh, Robert. So that's okay. okay. I just want to <laughs> punch Timmy. <laughs> I just want to punch Timmy. Or Timmy. But, okay. So I love Batman. I love DC. Like, they have a special place in my heart. I will say, this looks very good. I am going to see it because it is Batman. Oh, you are? Okay, cool. That's awesome. I am. That's awesome. I am going to see it. However, comma, I'm trying so hard to separate the character from the actor. And it's just, Robert doesn't, like, when I think of Batman, Robert is not what I envision. And I'm sure that's probably what they were going for. But I, I don't know. I am going to see it. I just, and it's, it's going to do fantastic. I know it. I'm just not going to enjoy seeing Batman on my screen. You never know. I think I'm going to he might surprise I see you. If, like the supporting characters and yeah. So you're all in am- on you're all in on Colin Farrell then. 
Yes. Yes. <laughs> did you know that was Colin Farrell, Tom? I did. Yeah. I remember when they cast him. I, yep, I, I remember when they casted him, too. I think he's going to be it like... controversial. The, yes. But so is our Pats. Oh, you know what? Perfect example for me on my in terms of comparison. The Robert Pattinson hate reminds me of when Michael Keaton got cast as Batman. He was, okay. why, why was Mr. Mom? Why is Beetlejuice being cast as Batman? He's too thin. And let's remember, Michael Keaton didn't bulk up. Michael Keaton literally had a suit with ripped abs built into it so he didn't have to work out that he's also the only batman that's ever been shirtless on screen well it's also the same thing with um bruce willis and die hard wait what about when because he was only known for uh like rom-com tv shows and was comedies. he honestly yeah. I, I don't follow and bruce willis like that so i actually wasn't too aware I of that i actually learned it from the movies that made us gotcha okay i've just been binging the seasons and they were saying that, like, you know, everybody did not want him. And that at first, when he w- he was initially on the poster, everybody laughed at him. So they took him off the poster, and it was just Nakatomi Tower. And then when the the buzz started coming up and they started realizing, okay, he could do it, he was thrown back onto the poster. So that's Interesting. That's why there's so many different posters. So I – that that's a great comparison, too. So, I, I mean, I'm sure that – the majority will be happy. There will be some that will be upset, but that's with every movie. So we'll see what will happen next year. Uh, all right, cool. So before we get into Scream, I just want to touch on some of the stuff that we've been watching. I haven't recorded in about three, four weeks. So there's a lot that I've been watching, but I'm not going to cover through everything. I did. I just want to run through some of the stuff that I saw in New York Film Festival that I wanted to highlight that maybe you guys may be interested in. Um, obviously, Dune, which I spoke about already. Uh, come on, come on. Uh, Meg is completely out on this. I'm not even going to have an op- ask her for an opinion on this one so <laughs> come on come on joaquin phoenix and uh woody norman tom it's the best child performance i may have ever seen okay okay he I'll is buy that. he is incredible um joaquin phoenix is perfect comparison for this performance for joaquin is um have you seen her right uh-huh very subdued um i think it's the perfect movie he to make after joker because it's completely opposite performance. Um, the movie will break your heart and not, and the movie is not very, sa- it's not sad. Let's not say, I'm not going to say it's a depressing movie by any means. It's actually a very sweet film, but it very much touches on the relationship between a f- two family of a paternal figure. That's more, that's a family member. Like he's his uncle, but he's very much plays the father figure for Woody Norman. Um, also the tragedy of Macbeth. Um, Francis McDormand is incredible in this. Denzel Washington is incredible in this. Francis can win her fourth Oscar. She goes supporting, but you know that's all dependent on a twenty-four. The name's too big for her to go supporting. But um, also, Power of the Dog. I mentioned French Dispatch was very, very disappointing, and I love Wes Anderson. And then the last movie I wanted to touch on was uh, Tatan, which is Chef's Kiss. It is. It is the most batshit fucking crazy movie <laughs> I've seen in a very long time, but it's also one of the most heartfelt movies I've ever seen. I actually cried at the end of the movie. Wow. Yes. It goes in a direction that you do not expect, but it's also one of the goriest films of the year. So uh, More gory than Halloween Kills? No. No, 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 no. And I want okay. to talk, talk about Halloween Kills in a second because <laughs> I, I know we all saw it here. Um, so that's pretty much covering New York Film Festival. I saw Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh yeah, Comic Con. Yes. So I, I was supposed to go to that. I had a feeling for weeks that they were gonna play. I Wait, you didn't know they were everybody knew they were playing it. Not before. 
Yeah, the panel was listed at like over two and a half hours. Yeah, but they changed it. But the only reason that I thought they were going to play it originally before they listed it was that it they um when Comic Con first announced it, they announced it for six o'clock, right? But they didn't put anything else after that panel. That's when I started thinking. I'm like, oh wait, they're pl- I think they're playing a the movie. Then what Meg is talking about happened. They listed it at two and a half hours, and then we ended up seeing it. Um, Tom, do you like Jason Reitman movies? Yeah, they're okay. okay. So it's very much a Jason Reitman film with Ghostbusters attached to it. It's much, much more. It's a coming of age story more than anything. Um, you sound disappointed. No, I loved it. It's my, it's my number. Oh, okay. It's my number one of the year, and not the quality. Yeah, it's if if we're talking the best movie of the year, I think the best film overall film that I've seen this year is Dune. But in terms of what it did for me, like Ghostbusters is one of my favorite films of all time. Um, it's sitting at like eighty six percent on RT right now, so it's doing very well. Uh, but there's the way they use the original Ghostbusters, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Like it is, it really hit like the feels, and being in the crowd really does add a lot to it. Um, and then um, what else did I? Uh, Succession, which is the best show on television, like by like not even close. Um, let me see what else here. Uh, oh, I saw the Britney Murphy documentary, which I don't recommend because it's one of the most classless pieces of shit I've seen all year. It's in my it's top cl- clickbait. Yeah, it is absolutely classless. Um, do not watch it. They have reenactments for no reason. It is, it is absolute trash. And then uh, Halloween Kills, which I know we're going to talk about. Uh, so Tom, anything else you want to highlight? I want to highlight Halloween Kills. Let's do um, that. Let's do it. Let's do it. I liked it. I mean, it's not a it's not a perfect movie, um, but it's it's certainly not the worst movie in the franchise or the worst movie ever made. No, not at all. Um, I really like the symbolism of it. I really want to read the script because there's something about the reflections of and the window, my yes. sister's window. There's symbolism there that I'm not catching, and I keep watching the scene of Hawkins in the hospital talking to Lori about the reflection over and over. And I just, I need to read it because I know that there's deep symbolism there that I'm just not quite getting. Um, I didn't love, I liked how the two gay characters when they're first brought on screen, it's very funny. It's very sitcom-y that worked um, when they continued that into uh, the second time that the gay couple is on screen. I didn't really like that piece of it. Um, but overall, I don't have a lot uh, of hate for the movie. I think Kyle Richards was awesome, and that whole scene in the park is the best best, I, best performance of, of the yep, best performance in the movie. Shockingly, I was it was her. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm hoping she's a huge part of Halloween Ends because I think the character of Lindsay juxtaposes Laurie a lot. I like that. Lindsay kind of moved on with her life, right? She had this experience, this traumatic experience in 1978. And sure, she meets at a bar every Halloween with other Michael survivors, but it doesn't seem like she's as messed up from that incident as Lori is. And so I like that juxtaposition about how two people can deal with trauma very differently. So I do think she'll be a huge part of Halloween ends. Meg, what about you? Okay, so I went in a little biased because I have been a huge fan of Kyle Richards for years. Um, like even before she joined Housewives and Beverly Hills Housewives is my favorite uh, Housewives franchise. So I've been leading up to the, this whole thing. And so she was my favorite part of the whole movie. And I agree. The scene in the park is fantastic. However, I just how Tom said you want to read the script, the symbolism from the time Michael left her in the park to when Allison finds her in the park. She looks more bloody than she did before. Like you saw some more extra blood on her face. And yeah, she was dirtier because yep. she was in the swamp. 
I feel like something happened in that time, and I want to know what because it doesn't oh, add up. Oh wow! Yeah, I know. I, I noticed the was, same like, thing. Mud. I thought it was like, mud from the swamp. Yeah, some of it was mud, a hundred percent. But if you look, there was some little extra blood in her face. I don't know if it's just just because from her injuries that she maybe smeared it on herself or something. But something doesn't add up. But I, so I just want to know. Um, the scene in the hospital. Yes, the mob scene was stupid. But the scene with the old man broke my heart to the Me point too. that I cried. Me too. And and I said I actually said to Dave, I said, I want like, why did they go to the lengths of showing Karen being so compassionate and human? Yeah. To only have her meet the, the end. ending that she that yeah. they, well to lose him and then and yeah. then to have the ending that we get too. Um, um and also as far as Big John Little John, I need a backstory on them. Because they were so interesting. I love them. <laughs> I, I love them too. They were so great. Even just a half hour spinoff. Just a little short film. Like obviously. a short film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah the, the only thing I didn't like about Big John and Little John is when Big John is the one that dies first, right? Yes. Big John so, is the little one. The little one, yeah. So yeah. I just think like Little John is literally has, his, I don't know if they're married or just if they're if that's his partner, but like he sees his partner or husband die and what he says is like, you're whole Michael. Come on, man. Come on. Come on. Like yeah. if, if Jenny dies, if Jeff dies, like in front of us, we're not going to be like, Michael, you're, you're home. home. <laughs> so, all right. Or so I won't say you're home and then I'm going to run the fuck out of the home. Exactly. <laughs> so my issue. have the home back. <laughs> so yeah. I do, I do want to preface this that I didn't hate it. I liked it during the first round when I saw it at the press screening. I liked it. I did see the issue, some issues. The second time when I watched it with Jen, Jen didn't really like it at all. And I saw more glaring issues, which I took notes. So why is there, if Halloween 2 doesn't exist in this world, why is there a shot of Annie being carted out from I Halloween 2? I love that. Next up. Um, why are, we talk about this mom mentality and David Gordon Green and wanting to be original? We already got a mom mentality in Halloween Four. We already got that. Next up, Mary. If Halloween Two doesn't exist, how does Marion Chambers even know Lindsay and Tommy to have to drive down 180 miles because they do say it's 100 and something miles from Smith's Grove to Haddonfield? How does she know them in Halloween One? She doesn't even go to Haddonfield. Yeah, I thought that too. I thought that too. Okay, I have a comeback for that. What's your comeback? Okay, so obviously in this timeline, Halloween 2 does not exist. Mm -hmm. So it could be that they've just met up. They they didn't really have to explain it. They could have just known, like she could have found out there was other survivors. And over the years, they could have just met up. Yep. It is possible. I guess. <laughs> I've, I'm very much like... I if, know you're looking at things to nitpick on it, but I'm here I am to go, come back with it. All right, next up. Halloween 1, David Gordon Green also specifies that this new Halloween, we are eliminating everything from Halloween 2 on because we don't want to do this brother and sister thing. And we don't want the um, Michael Myers being this presence that he's not a human being. Halloween Kills completely destroys that aspect of Halloween 1 because the guy takes a bloody fucking beatdown worse than Jason fucking Voorhees and he gets up without a problem. I I thought that was ridiculously tone deaf in terms of what they're trying to do. Um, And let me see what else do I have. I think that is it in terms of like blatant like tone 
issues. Uh, love what you guys said about Kyle Richards. I think she was fantastic. That is the best scene in the movie. Um, I hope they bring back Halloween three as uh, legend Tom Atkins for the last one because it looks like uh, Silver Silver Shamrock is alive and well in this one. Uh, I do think this Michael Myers is the best we've ever had. Like the guy that uh, James Jude Courtney. James Jude Courtney. He, yeah. It, yeah. Michael was very scary in yeah. this. And the end, I think it's one of the stupidest characters of any horror movie I've ever seen. When I tell you, I screamed at my TV. I screamed. Okay, I didn't so, do it in the theater, but I screamed at the TV. So originally I thought it was really dumb. But then I'm like, well, is it really that dumb because they think Michael's dead? And also the paramedics and Allison and all these people are sitting right outside on the steps. So... I don't know. Originally, when I read the last 10 pages of the script months ago, um, I was like, oh, God, that's not going to translate well on screen. But I think it works on screen more than it did on paper. The decision is not as dumb as I as I as I initially thought it was. I guess for me, like my daughter literally almost got killed by Myers. She has a broken leg. How does she know what Myers even looks like as a kid that she sees the image of Michael from 1963 in the in, in the window? I, I, I agree with you that her story was very rushed and it feels like she got more to do this movie and it just killed her off. And I think that's the biggest, this reminds me while I enjoy the star Wars trilogy, the sequel trilogy, this reminds me of the star Wars sequel trilogy where they don't have a real focus as to, to the linear story. And to the point that they're changing what happens in the third one, because it's moving forward four years to include COVID. What, what's so, Michael been doing for four years? Just like, does he have double? Is he double mask? Is he vaccinated? Like, well, what's going on? Well, he's with got Michael? a double mask by his mask. Yeah, that is true. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> but so the reason I think that they killed her off is because she was obviously trying to stop Allison, trying to stop Lori, mm. and she just wanted it all to end. And she was preventing Allison from becoming Lori 2.0. Mm. Like, so I'm, yep, and, and I'm with you on this, Megan. Here's my yeah. theory. I've told this to Dave, and I'm going to go on record. I would love for Halloween Ends for Michael to die by Allison ripping his heart out because this, they haven't done that in Halloween film yeah. yet. They've dropped yeah. his head off. They haven't ripped his heart out. Um, Does she eat it after? Of, like in Jason no, Goes to Hell? Well, no, I won't go that far. <laughs> but the symbolism of her ripping her heart, his heart out is because he did the same thing by taking her parents and her boyfriend. Yeah. I love that. I like that too. And this, that I, is all original. That is all original. Yeah. I'm going on record and saying it. Um, yeah, I think that's the perfect ending. To when Tom told me that on, online, I was like, oh my God, this, that's like perfect. Because And then I, that would make sense as to why Karen has to meet the end that she does. Paging Halloween ends director. Paging Halloween right, ends seriously. director. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that w- they need something different for this last one. So, But, you know, it's a Halloween movie. I'm gonna watch it, good or bad. I mean, I love, I love horror movies that are trashy, and I love bad horror movies. It's what I do. I love the movie, so Same. I can't, yeah. So I can't wait. But let's move on to not a trashy horror movie. Ex- Scream. Mm, some of them. <laughs> only one of them. I think one only of one of them. Um. All right. Cool. So Scream is probably the most influential movie of the last twenty horror movie of the last twenty five years. I don't think that there's anything. Maybe the Conjuring universe now, but that's probably I would say that's it. Probably biggest competition, yeah. So I I want to start off with just thoughts on the franchise as a whole. Did you love every entry from the jump? Has one grown on you since original watch? I'll start with you, Tom. 
Um, yeah, I I love Scream, the first one. I love Scream 2 better than Scream 1. Scream 3, to me, is the weakest in the in the franchise. Um, it hasn't aged well to me, uh, even though the Me Too stuff feels really timely now in a way that was kind mm-hmm. of fortuitous. Um, they could have never known back in 2000. It's, Tom, uh, it's like they knew what Harvey Weinstein was doing all along, and it was yeah. released by his own studio. <laughs> So from that aspect, it aged well. Um, but I just I, I didn't like how the focus of comedy on three. And I'm I'm gonna be honest, I've only seen Scream Four once in theaters. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember it well enough uh, that I didn't get a chance to and didn't feel like I needed to watch it to speak to it uh, for this episode because I remember enough of it. Um, but I hear that that one aged particularly well. Yes, it does. Yes, it has. I like so. The fact that you have four strong movies in a franchise um, and that it didn't take the turn that, you know, franchises like Friday the 13th or Nightmare on Elm Street did and, mm-hmm. and go to complete trash is, is kind of pretty amazing. Meg, thoughts? Well, piggybacking on what Tom said, also the fact that you still have the original cast. Yes. The original trio, five films later. And we're and, still... And these are big... Well, Courtney in particular is a massive star. Yeah. Um, not so much David nowadays, but Nev also. She's been yeah, she she took some time off. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I agree. Scream 3 was the weakest entry. But it wasn't the worst horror movie I've ever seen. No, not at all. Not at all. There's some aspects of it that I actually really like, which we'll get into that when we start talking, like the rankings. Um, but, you know, it's funny. when we, In regards to rankings, like there's two of them that always fluctuate. Like, my first and my last always say the same. But the two middle ones, I'll watch. I'm like, okay, you know what? I like aspects of this better, better than this. But as far as what the franchise did, it was in a time where, like, you know, there's... How can I put this? It was the teen horror scene back in 1996. I feel like it kind of kick-started it. Because yeah. right after that, you got valentine urban legend, urban legend. and it was like um, the cry wolf remember the one where bon Jovi right? oh my god killer, i love that yeah. shit we could even um, say halloween h2o because that feels just about to say that, about to say that. Scream, yep. and then you know wrong turn it just scream kicked off like a decade's worth of amazing horror movies and that's why i i, I included legacy in our conversation because it did some good like some of the movies that meg mentioned but it also did some bad, which we'll definitely talk about mm. some of the really bad horror movies after the, after a scream. And I always uh, uh, going for me. I actually saw it for the first time a year later um, in Cuba on vacation. Wow. <laughs> of all well, places. Of random. all places. Yeah. And I loved it immediately. Um, I was still a little too young. Uh, my mom was a little overprotective of me. She let me watch anything at home, but she wouldn't take me to an R-rated movie, which is like weird. Um, my dad took me for my tenth birthday. So Scream came out in December of '96. Yes, and he didn't. My parents didn't let me see it then, but then they re-released it in April of '97. I think to get it over the hundred million mark because yep. it was at like '97. And my birthday is in April, and I had just turned 10 in 90s. Oh, no, I turned 11 in April of 97. So he took me for my birthday to go see it in theaters. That's awesome. Um, I will say I always look at Scream and compare it in terms of Wes Craven to uh, Wes Craven's New Nightmare. Because that was kind of, I feel like that was a test for the metaverse that, we're, that we got with Scream. I always feel like Wes Craven's New Nightmare walks so Scream can run. And it mm. sure, certainly did. So let's get to it. So box office-wise, Scream 1. 
cost $14 million and made $103 million. Scream 2 cost $24 million and made $101 million. Scream 3 uh, cost $40 million and it made $89 million. And Ooh. I was very shocked by this. Uh, Scream 4 cost 40 and it lost money. It oh, made, yeah. It made, 38 it made $35 million, million, right? $38.1 million, which is why it's taken 11 years for us to get another scream movie it's funny because when scream 4 was coming out um mark who's been on the podcast yes. and my friend fumi who i did a hundred episodes of, of my own podcast with um the three of us were saying when scream 4 came out oh my god this is gonna make like 40 million opening weekend and that ended up being like it's overall take <laughs> which is like oh it's damn. crazy i remember when i watched it in theaters it was me and like it was me the person i went with and like maybe like six other people and that was opening weekend so it was it was it was tough uh RT score wise, Scream is seventy nine percent, which is shocking, <laughs> shocking. No, not really. They hate horror. Not necessarily. They actually I do. Don't know. No, they love. They don't treat it as kindly. Let's just say. Let's just put. Oh, I don't know. I think they've been very. They've been better lately. Like, look at Get Out. It's at ninety nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Lately. Yeah, Scream Two is at eighty two. Uh, Scream Three is at thirty nine. <laughs> Scream Four is at sixty. And I think okay. Scream Four is getting a. It, it's actually gone up in like the last few years because of the reevaluation that you were talking about, Tom. All right, so Scream One. So I'm sure you guys know that it was originally set to be called Scary Movie, yep. and it was written by Kevin Williamson, who was influenced by a news story he was watching about a series of grisly murders by the Gainesville Ripper. Um, originally, he was going to release another movie before Scream. Do you guys remember what that movie was called? Oh, I knew this. I forgot. No. Uh, teaching Mrs. Tingle. Ori- oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Ori- originally called Killing Mrs. Kimball. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so uh, in June 1995, Williamson brought the scary movie script to his agent, Rob Paris, who immediately said, uh, we need to get Wes Craven on this. Uh, Wes Craven originally didn't want to do it. And then after reading the script, he signed on. And then... Um, I don't know if he's the good Weinstein, but Bob Weinstein is the one that was mostly on hand with the horror aspect of Miramax. So he read the script, signed off on it, and away away we went. I mean, it it also was the turning point for casting and horror. Because if you really remember, before yes. Scream, it was basically no names. You never really got... Because people that eventually became big names, Kevin Bacon is a perfect example of that, was, wasn't really a big Johnny name Depp. Johnny Depp mm-hmm. so but this one actually went for Jamie the Lee Curtis. oh duh Jamie Lee Curtis so Scream 1 did the opposite in terms of going yes. for big names and I'm not big on friends I don't really like the show um me neither but I do understand how huge it is and getting Courtney Cox was a huge thing um well also they had to com- she had to convince them to let her do it yeah because it was such an opposite character for Monica to play this bitchy role. Yeah, yep. that's and true. She, wow, well, she does and it. She's phenomenal. iconic. Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. I can't imagine anybody else playing her. Hundred percent. Same with Sydney. I mean, I I wasn't a yeah. huge fan of Party of Five, but yeah. uh, I, I was. Had, <laughs> I, I think Jenny too. I had seen the craft, so I knew of of her. And then David Arquette. I mean, I don't think he. I think this is the only one that was pretty much a. A name we knew, but not a name we really knew. Ew. Yeah, and then he became a huge hit after that. Uh, so in terms of the movie as a whole, I think this has the 
best, which correlates with the big star, one of I think the best horror opening of all time with yep. Drew Barrymore. Mm-hmm. I think, yep. yeah. And it influenced every movie after Scream had to have that opening scene, well, which was never. It kind of compares itself to uh, oh god, Mission the opening of Mission Impossible. Oh, when they kill off Emilio Estevez. And what weren't they released in the same year? Same year, a couple of months apart. Yeah. So the fact that they both had that shocker of an opening with a big name attached to it. Yeah, I was very surprised when Emilio Estevez died in Mission Impossible. Um, right. The Drew Barrymore thing just really sets the tone. And I think she I'm not a, I'm not really big on Drew Barrymore as an actress, but I think that 10, 15 minutes is the best thing she's ever done. Like performance wise, I think she's excellent in everything she does there from yeah. her sarcasm to her fear. Everything about that scene works for me um i've i'm pretty sure that he's probably inspired by psycho you bring a big star in and you kill her off in the middle of the movie and i guess you guys are no you guys definitely know that drew barrymore didn't you know she was originally want uh they wanted her for sydney and then she's like no 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 no, no, no. i want to be casey and without that moment i don't think we get the franchise we got i think that pretty much sets the tone of it um i also before moving on to what you guys thought about the movie overall i think that um I love that Sydney shits on every single horror trope early on in the movie and on the phone. And then she immediately does every single horror trope. The first time she interacts with Ghostface, I think that's like brilliant. Uh, Tom, thoughts on the movie as a whole? It's iconic. Um, I think the, so, so what's so odd about Scream for me is that it doesn't feel 25 years old. Mm-mm. I get, I, I have trouble reconciling the fact that Scream the original now is the age that Halloween H2O was when H2O came out. Cause it was too well, it, well, actually screams a little years, screams a little older than that, but it just, it, it, it ages so well that I just have such a hard time reconciling the fact that it is 25 years old. It still feels so fresh. It still feels so relevant. It's still hella scary, even though I can probably recite the whole damn thing and know every twist and turn that's coming. Um, I just, yeah, I, I can't say enough about it. Meg? I mean, it's it's a classic for a reason. It's hard to find, a, like, when you're starting a, a franchise, which at the time I'm sure they weren't planning on making this a franchise, but it's hard to find a franchise where the cast from the very first movie is so perfectly casted. Yeah, I don't think anyone's miscast here at all. I agree. Not a single person. And especially with Stu, for example. He is the perfect sidekick turned murderer and the fact when it all starts to unravel at the end, the reasonings behind it, it is top notch. Like, you know, we've seen in other movies where they're like, oh, we did this because of this. But in this one, when we found out there's two killers, mind-blowing moment. I was not seeing it coming. Yeah, I agree. And um, Matthew Lillard... Especially the fake-out, too, with Billy. Exactly. With, yeah. Oh, yes. I will say, too, like, I even though Matthew Lillard delivered it in a more jokey way, when uh, Sydney's like, why do you do it? And he's like, peer pressure. It really is peer pressure. Billy, pretty yeah. much, well, as Billy reveals his reasoning for it, you see Stu's face like, wait a minute. We actually... You actually have a reason to do what you're doing. It's not because, you know, you just want to have fun and you want me to join you. Like, it very, very much feels uh, like he was pressured into it. No justification for it. But, yeah, the movie was a great hit. And then we got 
Scream 2, which, Meg, you had mentioned that it wasn't originally set for a franchise. Actually, Williamson was actually contracted for two sequels when they bought Scream. Oh, really? Yeah. So I it, take back what I said. So um, he had a five-page proposal he attached to the original script, hoping to create a trilogy. I hope. I wonder if part three was his original vision because we'll get to what happened on that in, mm. on, on that script. Um, just initial thoughts on Scream Two. The production was pre- outside of that was pretty much normal. Nothing crazy happened there. Um, Scream Two. You said Tom. I'm going to start with you because you said it's better than the first. Yeah, I think from the opening scene, the fact that you have two people of color front and center. Um, which just subverts the whole horror genre and horror tropes as it is in and of itself. Um, the killer, the reveal, it, it being an homage to the Friday the 13th franchise, yes. right? You have uh, Debbie Salt, uh, an homage to Mrs. Voorhees. Um, I think Laurie Metcalf was the perfect cast for that. Whoever picked her for that role, kudos to you. Um, they up the body count, which is something you need to do in a sequel, right? People are coming expecting a lot more. Um, you have Sarah Michelle Geller, who's basically doing the Drew Barrymore role for Screen 2, right? You're taking somebody who had such, uh, uh, such weight attached to her name. Um, did not, you did not expect that she was going to be killed off in the first 30 minutes. Um, it, the twists and turns, uh, the casting, uh, the fact that uh, Rebecca Gayhart and Portia de Rossi have like these crazy cameos. Everything about that movie is just so brilliant, in my opinion. Gail has her new streaks, right? So she's taking her she narcissism is, up to a new level. She is gorgeous, gorgeous in this one. Like, I mean, um, she's pretty in the first one, but she is a stone cold fox in this yep. uh, in this one. The chase scene where she's in the college um, yes. video, that, that is one of the best chase scenes, I think, in, in horror history. I just – it fantastic sequel. It subverted the whole day, whole idea that the sequel can't be better than the original, which is uh, so meta in and of itself because of the conversation they have about that in film class. Which just I love bravo, that scene. Bravo. And before we get to Meg, something we didn't really talk about with Scream 1, which I'm sure you, know, you guys will bring up here, is Jamie Kennedy as randy i think he is i think he's good in the first one he's hilarious but i think he's really good in the time we have him here and his yeah. death killed me when he went yeah. i like it really hit me um and you ever it, catch that there's a lipstick mark on his hand no but it actually i oh, read that but i haven't when, watched it since i when read they it. open the van there's a lipstick mark on his hand which and, is supposed to tip you off to the fact that the killer is a woman and it makes sense and also if you um i also have like on on the agenda for later who do you think killed who and who do you think was on the phone for each of the movies just to see what where you think yeah where, who do you think at least the first two i'm not going to touch on the third and the fourth but um what about um roger jackson as the voice do you think that Perfect. Yep. I can't imagine anybody else doing yep. it. So, Meg, Scream 2, thoughts? Okay, so before I get into my real thoughts about it, I think my favorite cameo in that movie is the uncredited one, Selma Blair. Wait, she's in this? She oh, is yeah. who Cece is talking to on the phone. Oh, that's she did awesome. It that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a little muffled, so I, I didn't know oh, when yeah, I first watched totally, it. Yeah. But uh, I actually found out on IMDb a couple of years later. But I, what I love about this franchise is that, at least in the first two movies, they have so many callbacks to Halloween, okay? So in the first movie, you see Halloween playing in the background at the party. Now, the second one, 
it's funny because you said the homage to Friday the 13th with the mother killer, which is funny because Friday the 13th was a total ripoff of Halloween. Yep. So yep. I just it's just all these callbacks to Halloween, which is funny because they say that Lori is the original final girl and Sydney is the new is the new new final girl. I just love all the callbacks to it. But Screen 2 has the biggest special place in my heart and I will forever defend that Derek should not have died. You wait. I'm going to save my thoughts for later because I have a thought on Derek, but it'll come into it. Okay, it's not the fact that he shouldn't have died, but it's the fact that he did die and how he died. That was oof. I think once we found out he wasn't the killer, I thought he was going to make it. And then when he didn't make it, I was like, oh, we really just want to leave Sydney completely alone with nobody. And yeah. That was interesting. But also, if you, like, and I'll save that for when we talk about three and four. Yep. Uh, so let's move on to three, because I know we want to touch more on the other, on the previous two movies when we get into the categories. Uh, so screen three, it was greenlit right away. <sighs> Kevin Williamson was replaced <laughs> as a screenwriter of the film, which is asinine. That's his first mistake. Um, what is this man's name here? Aaron Kruger. Aaron Kruger essentially took almost everything that we love about scream out of scream um i understand why they killed cotton we didn't talk about Cotton too much because he really didn't do too much in the first two but i really started to like him towards the end of two and Uh and i understand and i understand why they killed him off in the first one but i really wish that he would have gotten more cotton in this third one but i understand why they did it the here here are my fucking pet peeves (laughs) That voice changer box does not work. It doesn't work in nineteen ninety in nineteen ninety nine two thousand. It doesn't work in twenty twenty one. I think it's stupid. I think it's ridiculously stupid. Um, the fact that the killer is her brother is one thing. The reasoning he's going after Sydney is ridiculous, and I'll get to that when we get to our least favorite characters in in the series. Um. Some cool stuff at it with the recreation of the of the house, the party where the party was at the end of Scream One, the recreation of Sydney's house. I wish the end would have been there. At yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, and the fact that Nev Campbell's barely in it doesn't really help it. But she couldn't be in it for con- uh, contractual reasons; she wasn't able to be in in it too much. But yeah, I don't like Scream Three. Uh, Tom, thoughts. Um, yeah, I, I don't love it. I don't hate it. It's like I said, it's my least favorite of the franchise. To me, the, the what works most in Scream Three is the uh, ghost scenes, um, where Sydney is being haunted by the ghost of her mother, um, mm. or or, in, or you know, in her own mind, maybe being haunted by the ghost of her mother. I think those scenes are actually really scary, um, and it shows the trauma that Sydney's gone through after you know being hunted down by serial killer twice, and now it's happening a third time. Um, some of the kills are really lame in this one. We'll talk yeah. about that in a little bit. Uh, but the whole – and the killer gives mercy to whoever smells the gas. Like what is so scary about that? Uh, the characters are, are probably the most annoying um, yeah. in the franchise in this one. Um, yeah, it's just – it. yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just not my favorite. Meg? So I feel like the biggest weakest link with Scream 3 is the fact that we don't have Nev Campbell for that long. On the on the flip side of that, I do love that we really got to see how strong Gail and Dewey are as a team. Because, yeah, we see it in the previous films, but in this one, it's really front and center. 
Um, I agree. The characters playing them are annoying as hell. They're the part I hate the most. I was really glad that Cotton died, which we'll get into that when we talk about rankings. Um, Tough. Carrie, Tough. Carrie Fisher is the best cameo in this entire movie. Yep, yeah. I will yep. say that. She's great. Long live the princess. Yes, she is um, great. I'm trying to think what, what my favorite scene was from this one. There, There isn't one. There, there isn't one. <laughs> there really isn't. There, I, go, going on what you and Tom said, I think Scream 3 feels like these characters uh, were put in place to be killed, and Scream 1 and 2 never made you feel that way. Oh, right. One last thing. Patrick Dempsey, Dempsey was horribly cast. He was horrible in this movie. A lot older than Sydney to be like pushing yeah. up on her yeah, the yeah. way he was. Yeah, um, I I was hoping he was gonna die. Yeah, I thought he was gonna die too when I first saw it. Uh, in terms of money, they still made good money, but that was pretty much the end of the franchise until we got Scream Four in 2010. Uh, Kevin Williamson came back, Wes, every, Wes Craven came back, everyone came back, and like don't want to get too much into this one because Tom kind of mentioned like it very much touches on the social media influence that we had that you know that is had now also just to touch on horror remakes i love the scene in the movie i forgot the character's name where she's running through every single horror remake that released from like 2000 to 2000 kirby. yeah kirby kirby, kirby. yeah like i thought that was fantastic i love that scene um and then i forgot that the the least liked colkin is in this too mm-hmm. yeah rory um yeah. but no i do like the movie as a whole i love the fact that the we have like a screamathon with all the stab mo- a stabathon stab-a-thon, with all the stab yeah. movies playing, which is exactly something that would happen. No, I didn't like it either. I didn't like that either. That was, that was so dumb. Yeah, um, it didn't work. Speaking of, it's funny we talked about the opening scene. The opening scene in two, while it's great, ain't no one getting cost. It's unrealistic yeah. with all everyone yeah. getting cost, especially in the world we live in today. That's not that's yeah. not happening. Uh, Tom, any other thoughts on screen four? It's it's a worthy sequel. It holds its own as its own movie, right? It's really outside of the trilogy part of this franchise. Um, the motive for the killer was surprising. Um, that scene where the killer is hurting herself in crazy ways yes. so as to make it look like she wasn't the killer is very well acted. Um, I just I, – I, I think – it struggled to give Gail, Sydney, and Dewey real purpose, and that's my only real worry for Scream Five as well, um, since it looks like it's going to be focusing on a whole new generation. But overall, I think Scream Four is fine. I don't know why I haven't seen it again since watching it in theaters. Um, I have no real aversion to it; mm. just really haven't gotten to it, I guess, or, or maybe it just doesn't pull me. It, it maybe it speaks to itself that I've seen Scream Three more than Scream Four because mm. I don't like Scream Three. Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's fine. It's a fine movie. Meg? When I first saw Scream 4, I thought I was going to be passing the torch. That if there was ever going to be another sequel, we were not going to see our three usual mains. But now with Scream 5 coming up, now I'm really starting to think that might happen. But as far as the fourth film, it has a very special place in my heart. I actually love it, um, which we'll get into when we talk about rankings and why I love it. Um, for the record, Kirby... She is not. I am saying she is not dead. Wait, what? <laughs> Explain. Then why is she not in Scream Five? Okay, I think. Okay, so <laughs> lately in social media, Hayden Panettiere is starting to have a little more. She's starting to surface a little more. I think she might make a little cameo. But as far as Kirby not dying, you see her twinge just a little bit, 
And there's a deleted scene that shows that she was not supposed to die. But it was deleted, so they left it unknown. And has always so they kind of did what they did with Dewey in part one. Yes. Basically. Yeah, and part two. And part two. <laughs> so, but I just, I love it. The reasoning behind the murders feels a lot, fre- feels very fresh. A lot better than Scream 3. Yeah, agreed. Not as strong as 1 and 2, but definitely, um, it's a different impact compared to, it's my brother. Like, this one, there's a good logical reasoning as to why Jill does what she does. I I hate why she does that. I I have that in my notes, I respect that. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about it. Um, Any other thoughts, Meg? I just... Actually, I want to go. I didn't rewatch it before this, and I mm. kind of regret it. Um, but I think I might go watch it now, just because I I absolutely love it. I love the new cast, most of the new cast, most. Awesome. All right, but cool. We'll so before we get into the characters, Randy has a lot of recommendations, and he talks about a lot of horror movies in Scream One and Two. So I have a list of some of them. I didn't write all of them because I don't have we don't have all day. So I just want to see if you've seen some of the rec- the movies that he mentions. Have you seen Prom Night, Tom? Yes. Meg. Once. It's great. Have you seen House on Sorority Row, Tom? No. Solid stuff. Meg? Yes. Did you like it? Yes. Okay, awesome. Eileen the, Davidson, enough said. The Howling. Yes. Meg? No. It's it's yeah. it's fun. Uh Demons. No. No, I've never seen Demons either. Meg? Nope. Um, a little independent movie called Halloween. <laughs> No, never. <laughs> What's Halloween? I know it's a holiday, but and not a horror movie, but it's definitely mentioned more than once. Basic Instinct. Yes, <laughs> of course. Um, of course. <laughs> I I I just saw it for the first time this year, and I didn't really, really? like it. Uh, and finally, uh, Randy's favorite horror movie, Showgirls. Showgirls. Uh, yeah, I've seen Showgirls. <laughs> That's like top five horror movie right there. <laughs> oh, my God. I, 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 oh, man, Showgirls. Anyone that has not seen Showgirls, please watch it. Because if we have to suffer through it, I think everyone else should as well. Um, top five best characters. I'm going to run through mine first here. So my number five, I have Casey Becker. The reason I have her as my number five is because Scream would not be Scream if it wasn't for Casey Becker. Casey Becker is probably one of the most important characters to the franchise, and she just knocks it out of the park. Drew Barrymore kills it in her 15 minutes of fame. Uh, Number four is probably low compared to you guys. I have Gail, number four. Uh, Number three, I have Dewey. Number two, I have Randy. And number one, obviously, uh, Cotton Weary, right? Right. What? <laughs> no, Sydney. What? Sydney. Sydney. Oh my god! I was about to reach through the monitor and kill you. I I, I purposely plotted that as soon as you said you your happy cotton died. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna I, I think I'm gonna have to do some trolling here. Um, yeah, no, you totally did. Tom, what about you? What are your five favorite okay. characters? My number five, even though I don't like Scream Three, I think uh, Parker Posey's Jennifer is mm. a really strong character. Oh, yeah. Um, she she added a lot of of depth to that movie and we really needed it even if it was humor um number four for me is joel the cameraman and scream two <laughs> I think he's hilarious he's hilarious yeah um three is debbie salt uh just again just she's so crazy and her motive is solid and and she is committed to killing sydney man uh number two for me is gail weathers and then number one is of sydney. course sydney meg what about you all right number five i have kirby Okay. Nice. Just because I love Randy, don't get me wrong, he's iconic for a reason, but I love that they put the female twist on it. Yep. And yes. she was 
yeah, Randy had his moments where he wasn't so afraid, but Kirby was really like badass. Let's go do it. Um, number four, I'm with David on this one. Gail. Okay. Rightly so. Number three, I have Jill. Okay. Just because she played a psycho better than Mickey could. Oh, poor Mickey. <laughs> but I agree. I, I but I but but I uh, yeah, Mickey, Mickey I don't really like his reasonings either, to be honest with you. <laughs> right. It, like Mickey was Mickey walked so Jill could run. Basically. Uh, number two, this one's might be a little controversial. Ghostface in itself. Yeah, okay, no, that's good. That. That's good. I like that. That's a nice little twist. Even though it's the, you know, the faces, the masks have changed. You know, well, the characters have changed, but the masks have stayed the same. So yeah. Ghostface is a, is a character in his own right. And number one, do I really have to say it? Cotton Weary. I knew you were going to do that. Fucking Sydney. <laughs> so <laughs> let's let's bring it back with you, Meg. Five worse. Ooh, five worse. Okay. Um, Number five, Angelina. That, she didn't really do anything horrible besides the cliche sleeping with the producer to get the role. But she's just annoying as fuck. <laughs> Plain and simple. Um, number four, Charlie from season four. Uh, season four, listen to me, scream four. Um, he's a pussy of a character. <laughs> and he is pussy whipped by Jill, ultimately leading to his demise on top of being one of the killers. Like, he's basically the stew of this ge- of that generation. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Minus, you know, obviously, except he was pussy whipped. Um, number three, I'm gonna go with Jennifer Jolie. I love Parker Posey's portrayal in this. Um, she made you hate her, and she pulled it off. She understood the assignment. She nailed it. Yep. Also, because I, she purposely followed Gail, hoping Ghostface would kill the real Gail and spare her. I mean, if that's not menacing, I don't know what is. Number two, I'm gonna go with Cotton. Besides having an affair with Maureen, he tries to get famous after going to jail, going as far as trying to get a TV interview with Sydney just to get fame and fortune. To his defense, he was wrongly accused and put in jail for a year. So you got to cut the guy okay. some break to make some money. I cut him a little slack, but he was just a little slimy. And number one for worst characters, Maureen Prescott. What does she do? For being a hoe. Wait, for being a hoe. <laughs> I have literally, I have like a sentences here. Go for it. She is what started the whole Woodsboro murders. If she wasn't a slut and slept around, especially with <laughs> Billy Loomis's father. Oh, wait, there's more. None of this would have happened. Roman wouldn't have been born, resulting in him wanting to kill Sid. Billy's mom wouldn't have left him, resulting in him wanting to kill Sydney. It all finds a way back to Maureen. Or Stu says... Your mother's no Sharon Stone. Sharon Stone, Sydney. I, I think I may she have to just. Mike, I'm I, done. I think I just have to put Maureen as my number five. That's actually a really good reason. She's yeah. the reason everything happens. That's solid. Tom, what about you? Worse. All right, my number five is all the opening scene victims in Scream Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there are multiple. Um, number four for me, uh, same with Meg, is Charlie. Uh, for all the reasons that she said. Yes. Um, number three, I forget her character's name, but Kelly Rutherford in Scream 3, Cotton's girlfriend. Oh, Christine. What a waste. I mean, what was her name? I think Christine. 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 Yes, that's it, yeah. Um, I mean, Kelly Rutherford was like of Melrose, Melrose Place fame. She was a pretty big name, and what a way to waste her, man. She was just, oh, my, my God, she was so She's boring. She's the Casey Becker of Scream 3. <laughs> Uh, basically uh, number two for me is angelina uh for a lot of the same reasons that that meg said and then number one um this is very different than both of you but derek 
I thought he was so Jerry O'Connell for me has one of those faces that you want to punch. Okay, I, res- <laughs> like, I respect that. For I you. respect that. Um, so I just I could not stand Derek, and I thought he was kind of weak. <laughs> he was. Oh, I fully agree. He was so weak. I'll get I'll get to Derek as well. So I originally had something similar to Tom because I hate the opening of Screen Four. So I actually had that as well. But you convinced me with Maureen. I I, I like that a lot. <laughs> You like that a lot. Uh, my number four is Derek because of the reasons Tom said. And I think as the quintessential cliche boyfriend in the movie, yes, Sydney is the badass. Sydney is the one. She doesn't need a man protecting her. I understand. But, yo, offer some help. Offer a little help. Just just, just yep. a smidge. Yep. Yep. Just the, yep. the minimalist of help. That's all I ask Haley, for. Hallie was better help than Derek yes, was. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Although Hallie died because Sydney's like, she, I gotta go Hallie's back to the car. Hallie's my number six favorite character. R.I.P. Hallie. Uh, number three is Charlie. On every yep. reason Meg said. Uh, my number two is Jill. And the okay. reason... The oh. reason the reason I don't like Jill, and I, I just wrote like a little sentence for her, is that her motive from my perspective is that a motive of jealousy... After Sid got famous, after surviving all the murders, and I and she wants to essentially become Sydney, so that's why she wants to do all these things. It just feels very much like a a real person that's not. I don't know. Maybe because she's just nuts, she thinks this is a solid reason for something. You never know why people that do these things do these things. But like in the purposes of a movie. And you have the you you're intelligent enough to say why you're doing certain things. I just thought it was very very weak, especially following my number one, which is Roman. I think the character of Roman <laughs> is extremely uninteresting. He's not even in the movie that much. That's another thing. At least we see Billy, and every every killer in the movie sprinkled in mostly throughout the movie. Uh, mm-hmm. You you don't really get Roman that much, and. He wanted revenge because his mother never acknowledged him. What does Sydney have to do with that? that. Because she got the life that he wanted to have. Sure. How about, hey, Sid, you want to have some coffee and let's talk about this as to why our mother sucks? Like, let's do that rather than killing. So, yeah. um, (laughs) What will happen? (laughs) Oh, he said, you know, have some coffee over why our mother sucks. It's more like have some coffee on why our mother is no Sharon Stone. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so fucking Sharon Stone, Sydney. Um, top five kills for me. Um, I have number five. I have Cece in Scream 2. I like that sequence. Mm. I like that sequence a whole lot. Uh, the opening sequence in Scream 2, the whole... Uh, that it always makes me gr- like squeamish when um, Omar Epps takes the... Um, the knife to the head. The yeah. knife to the head through the through the stall. On uh, number three is Randy from Scream Two. I mean that just for the you don't really see much, but you the still shock. see everything. Just the shock of everything. Number two is Tatum. We didn't talk about Tatum a lot, but that kill is still top notch. And then number one is Casey. Casey Becker. That's number one for me. Tom, what about you? Okay, so my number five is Stu. I mean, taking a TV to the face. And please, please, all the people online saying that Stu is alive, stop. Please stop. Let that let Let that go. All right. So five for me is Stu. Uh, Number four is Randy, just because of how heartbreaking of a kill that was. And even just showing the knife going up and down so viciously in the the car mirror like that was kind of shocking. Number three is Cece for me. I agree with you, Dave. Although I did watch a quick scene from Scream 4 which reminded me a lot of CeCe's kill in Scream 2. Um, this whole the killers in a closet thing, 
doesn't really work on screen. It works on paper, but people would be able to hear the killer talking in the closet. Yeah, that's true. So they true. do it in screen yeah. two and they do it in screen four yeah. and that just – it doesn't work. Um, number two for me is Tatum like yours, Dave. And then number one for me is Steve. Um, just oh, yes. Ooh. With the guts coming kid, out. Yeah. Just like as an 11-year-old, that was the first time I'd ever seen something so realistic like that. And then just to have the guts spill like that, you it set the tone that this movie was not here to fuck around. Meg, what about you? Okay, so I have an honorable honorable mention. Honorable mention goes to Jill. Okay. Just the paddles and everything. Yeah, and yeah. of course the iconic line, which I had Nev Campbell autograph in my thing, don't fuck with the original. Um, number five, I'm gonna go with Tatum. Yes. Just because that, that scene is just I every time I see a doggy door, I think of that. And every time mm-hmm. I see a, like yep. a garage open and close, I think of that. Number four, I'm going to go with Casey. Even though uh, her boyfriend was technically the one that kind of started it all, it was a major shocker because, like we said before, everybody thought Drew was going to be such a bigger role in the movie. Um, Number three, um, I'm going to go with Randy just okay. because it's such a shocker. I was not expecting it. Number two goes with goes to Stu. Nice. Uh, Besides the fact, like, the TV on the head, it was just so, it was, yeah, it was a little drawn out, but it was so iconic. My mom and dad are going to be so mad. So you hit me with the phone, you dick. Like, yeah, yeah. What, what character's death has had so many iconic lines? And number one, very controversial, very underrated, Olivia from Scream 4. So that's the scene I watched where the killer's in the closet. Yes. And I was like, oh, that okay. doesn't work. But the scene I, is actually I get really it. good. It doesn't work. But just the blood and the gore. They yeah. they took the Casey Becker death and multiplied the blood by five. Yeah. It's my favorite scene, as fucked up as it sounds. It's my favorite scene in all of Scream 4. Alrighty. So before we finish up here, the just a quick some of the kills in Scream 1. Who do you think killed Casey, and who do you think was on the phone? Billy or Stu? Um, I think Billy killed. Uh, I think I think Billy killed um, Casey because I don't think Stu would have been able to do it because he he clearly wasn't able to do it for Tatum. So yep. why would he have done it for for uh, Casey? Meg, what about you? I think he was on the phone, but Billy did the kill. Yep, yep. I think but I too. Think Stu killed. Uh, what's his name, Steve? The boyfriend. Oh, okay. I can see that okay. because um, they do mention. Didn't they mention that Stu dated Casey? Yes. yes. So yes. that's probably. I I agree with Meg. Uh, what about Tatum? You think it was? Did they say it was Billy that killed Tatum? No, right. Well, um, Stu is at the party still, and uh, and Billy comes in right after. Oh, Tatum so it has to be. Bi- yeah, it has yeah. to be Billy. Yeah. All right. What about the principal? Which we didn't talk about Harry Winkler at all, but Aww. oh, Stu, Stu, yeah, Stu. All right, let's go to Scream Two. Uh, we already know who killed Randy. It's obviously Mrs. Mrs. Uh, Loomis. It's quite obvious, and she admits that it was that it was her uh, who yeah. killed Cece. I think that Mickey. was Mickey because because she's living out his horror required. fantasy, and he's living out his horror fantasy like that kill. And who did the opening kills? Who do you think? I think that's Mickey. There's no reason Mrs. Because I don't think yeah. there's any reason Mrs. Loomis would kill those people. She doesn't even know them. Yep, uh, yeah. I do think, obviously, I think Mickey is the one chasing Gail and Dewey in that scene on campus. 
Even I though she, yeah, 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 because slimmer. because Debbie's outside on the phone when that's when true. Gail comes and grabs and says, "The killer's caught and fucking weary." Like, <laughs> oh, that's a, that's an iconic line. Yeah, yeah. So but yeah, I feel like Hallie was uh, Mickey, Mickey, and because then I think Mickey had a thing for Hallie. And then yep. last one, while um, Sydney didn't die, who do you think was on the phone in that first interaction, and who do you think was in the house? I oh, think. God. So I think Billy was in the house. Billy's in the house. Billy's in the house. All right, cool. So let's finish up. Um, We're going to finish up talking about Scream 5, but I do have some quick facts because I know Tom has to go. So on the franchise. So the party in Scream 1 near the end of the film ran for 42 minutes. It took 21 days to film that. Everyone got a I Survive Scene 118 shirt after that was over. I need one of those shirts. Uh, at the be- beginning of the movie, when Casey's parents come home to find um, something is wrong, her father tells her to go to the McKenzie's. Yep. Okay, good. I'm glad you guys know where that's from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, Drew Barrymore and Neff Campbell did not meet Roger Jackson until the filming was done, which is awesome. Uh, the producers originally had intended for Roger Jackson's voice only as a placeholder, but they loved it so much that they decided to keep it. Uh, Bob Weinstein watched parts of the first scenes filmed, and he said the mask used was idiotic, and he asked the producers to film one scene with seven different masks and let him choose the one he liked the most. Producers didn't agree and threatened to shut down production, and they ended well, up... I did not know that. To piggyback on that, Wes Craven said some of the scenes were unusable because there was this... I forget which scene it was. One of the kills, it had to be left in there when really he was lying, and they had like seven different takes of it. Oh, Wow. That's crazy. I forget which kill it was, but yeah. Um, I love casting news on like iconic movies, and you said certain people shouldn't have. There's no way anyone else would have played it. So Kevin Williams had actually offered Molly Ringwald the role of Sidney Prescott. You kidding me? Sort of God. When she turned it down, Melissa Joan Hart, Brittany Murphy, Alicia Witt, Melanie Linsky, and Melinda Clark auditioned for the role of Sidney. I knew about Melinda. Wow. Let me and Wes Craven initially turned down the film, uh, but once he read the script and saw Drew Barrymore signed on, he joined. This one I have here because I know uh, Meg loves his actor. Joaquin Phoenix was offered the role of Billy. <laughs> David, I hate you. <laughs> it would have been very method, I'll say that if if he would have done I, it. I I agree with you one hundred percent on that. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. auditioned for Stu. Wow! Imagine if he was in Scream Two instead. This is very vicious, what uh, Wes Craven did here for the next one. In order to keep an animal lover, Drew Barrymore, scared and crying, Wes Craven told the real-life stories of animal cruelty. I read that. <laughs> uh, let me see what else that I can put here. Reese Witherspoon and Alicia Silverstone were considered for the role of Cece in part two. Yes, I knew that. Yep. Uh, Toby, that. Toby Maguire was offered the role of Mickey for part two. I'm so glad that didn't happen. The identity of the of uh, the original script was uh, the the identity of the ghost face. The original killer for part two was leaked on the script. Do you know who the original killer was supposed to be? Hallie. Yep. Derek. And Hallie. It was both of them yep. together. Which I'm glad it didn't because the it, boyfriend yeah. being it done twice, it wouldn't have it wouldn't have worked. Uh, in the original ending, there uh, this was referenced in Scream Three, where all the actors and actresses on Stab Three were actually kept in the dark about the ending of the movie. Um, for Scream 3, Wes Craven filmed three different endings for the movie. Uh, 
Also, the house used during the climax where most of the killing takes place in the same is used in the same house for Halloween uh, H2O. Yes. Yep, I knew that. Yep. All right. And then just to finish up, I'll, I'll post some of these facts online. So the last thing I want to mention is that Scream 4 is actually the last film Wes Craven directed before he passed away. Mm-hmm. Sure did. I just want to say one more thing in comparison to uh, Scream to Halloween, because I forgot to mention this when we talked about four. Mm -hmm. Um, Scream Scream 3 and 4, you see Sydney kind of being off on her own, even though in 4 she kind of comes back to civilization. It it mirrors Lori, how she was off. She was so traumatized by everything. She went off to go live off on her own. Yep. Mm, So it kind of it kind of calls it back without really calling it back. But anyway, sorry. Interesting. And then I guess we could finish up just talking about Scream 5. Um, we all saw the trailer. Uh, I think the trailer looks solid. Uh, I think it gave away too much. Tom and I have talked about this off the line, but I don't, I'm not sure if that's just, uh, you know, trying to play us to make us think they gave everything away. Uh, I do think Dewey dies. That's who I think the main, uh, mm-hmm. the the one from the main three dies. Cause you see Gail screaming like in horror in, in the, in the trailer, but overall it looks fun. It looks like they're going to bring in a new generation. And if this movie works, I assume we're going to get many more tom quick thoughts on this on screen five before we go um so the first time i watched the trailer i actually was a little underwhelmed um i was surprised at how much they were showing of jenny ortega's yep. uh showdown um but then i watched it again and i was like oh no this is good and to me the iconic line the standout line of that whole trailer is i'm sydney prescott of course i have a gun i wish they had the word fucking in there i bet yes. you i, I bet like, you i bet you they I'm do sydney in the movie Pres- yeah i think they, they probably, do too yeah. of course i have a fucking gun for me, um, I, I wanted to add my the my favorite line, and it just shows to like Sydney's importance to this universe is the fact when Ghostface first talks to her and he's like, uh, "Hello, it's Sydney, an honor. it's an honor." Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, that shit fucking works." Uh, Meg, what do you got? The fact that they say it's an honor, it really makes you wonder who one of the killers is. Yes, and to me, so this is my take on it, Meg. Uh, the the new killer or killers have no beef with the original three, and the mm-hmm. original three are inserting themselves in it. And yep. maybe one of them gets killed because it had nothing to do with them, and they stuck their nose into something that had nothing Curiosity to do with them. Curiosity killed the cat. Yep. So I actually tweeted this. The Scream movie trailer takes full advantage of the digital age and its opening moments. Just the fact of the whole... Doors locked, doors unlocked, doors, you know. That was great. Usually that's overdone, but in this time it felt really fresh. Ripples of nostalgia sliced through the entirety of the trailer uh, with ways of, wait, throughout its entirety with ways of even welcoming those new to the franchise. Yep. So if you've never seen any of the four screen movies, you can still enter this fresh. And I feel like we're going to get enough of a backstory and flashbacks. Yep, for yep, the new generation. And before we drop off, the funniest moment in the trailer for me is because of Halloween 2018 is where Sydney meets Melissa Barrera. It, yes. it reminds me of when uh, when Laurie's like to Sartain, so you're the new Loomis. You're I just I just wanted her to say, so you're the new Sydney, huh? It it uh it's gonna be a fun one. I think January is a very nice release for us. Since January has kind of lost a stench because of COVID of the the drop garbage it's month. Been well for Halloween too, and for horror. For so horror, horror yeah. has always yeah. typically performed well in January. So I think it's gonna do very well. I'm very excited to see what happens. So Tom. Thank you so much for coming on. Yep. And I, I know you drop. I know you got to drop. Thank you so much as always Meg for jumping on. We'll definitely you. do this again. Until then, see you at the movies, kids. Mm-hmm.